Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're not unique. Um, is it ideal? Absolutely not. Will there be a, a potential ripple effect? Potentially. But um, every sport goes through a pay, pay negotiation and we've seen a number of them this year and, and none of them really go well. You know, there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of differing ideas and, and certainly competing agendas. Um, so every sport goes through it. We are not unique, but we, we, we want to get through it as quick as we possibly can because there is so much more to look forward to for this sport and that's where we want to spend our energy. Now, that was Netball Australia CEO Kelly Ryan with Jared Waitley in here yesterday, the controlling body of netball at war with its players at the moment over a new pay deal that's raged for, well, a lot of this year. We'd like to think it's coming to a conclusion, but things are getting worse for the moment. Someone who's followed it uh, closer than most is Emma Greenwood, News Corp journalist, and of course with Code Sports as well. Emma, really appreciate your time this morning. No problem, Sam. Great to be on. It's hard to know where to start, if I'm being honest. Uh, firstly, today, are there any developments of the positive variety today that uh, you can report? I'm assuming there'll be an, another key round of meetings and, and sit-downs today. That's right. So ANPA, the Australian Netball Players Association, and Netball Australia are sitting down again today for talks in Melbourne. Uh, Catherine Harvey-Williams, the former Diamonds captain, who's the ANPA CEO, has said, they are going there with absolute intention of doing a deal today. Mm. Um, so as much as the parties are at loggerheads, I think both really want to get this deal done. Whether that can happen is another question. I mean, that's been what we've been hearing from them basically all year. They started these negotiations back in January. Um, they've been in talks for probably um, six months, and obviously, since the uh, since the players have been out of contract from the 30th of September, those talks have been much more frequent. But we just haven't had that movement. And this main sticking point is the revenue share agreement, as obviously Kelly and Jared discussed yesterday. Now. I want to ask you about this. So what the players are after and what they say is fair and reasonable is a 15% of revenue above forecast from new sponsors. So basically, to dumb it right down, that their wages grow in line with the sport. Now, this is a path that many other sports have taken, uh, albeit after a period of time of, of conflict, not to this sort of scale. And it was interesting listening to Ian Prendergast yesterday on his theory behind it. Why is Netball Australia refusing to um, to accept that proposal, 15% of revenue above forecast from new sponsors that the players so ba- badly want? I guess netball, netball's a sport that's probably a bit different from, from most of our major codes. And whether you look at the men's side of the competition or women's side of the competition, um, the, the other codes generally that have gone through these revenue share discussions are, are financial juggernauts. We're talking about the NRL, the AFL, cricket, those yeah. kind of mm. associations, cricket, absolutely. And you've, we've got to be honest in saying that the women's side of those competitions is underpinned financially by, by the male side of the sport. Their broadcast revenue, all those kind of things have underpinned to a large extent that wage growth 
for the women's competition until the women can catch up. Now, the women, if you take cricket as a great example, the women's, the women's cricketers have absolutely showed that they deserve that share of revenue and that they have helped to grow the game in step with the competition um, and, and they deserve that fair share of revenue. That's what netball is saying. However, if you look at, say, Kelly Ryan's point of view, Netball Australia also has $4 million worth of debt. They are desperate to pay that down. And Kelly Ryan is saying that that must be Netball's first point of order. Now, you can understand that on the one hand, but the players are custodians of the game. They're, yeah. they're key stakeholders in the game. And we're talking about really intelligent women here. They know that there is not another competition for them to just migrate to if they muck this up. There's nowhere else for them to go. There's nowhere else that they can earn a professional wage. There are the only other two professional competitions that really exist in England and New Zealand both have caps on imports, but also they're pretty much semi-professional leagues. Players are not making the type of wages that they're making in Super Netball in Australia. Mm. So the players are not going to do anything that's not in the best interests of the game. And they understand that if... Revenue doesn't grow over and above what Netball Australia has forecast, and they don't get a share of that pie. They're not asking for something that they don't believe that the sport can afford. So while there is debt and while there is um, not another competition that underpins Netball, the players believe that they need to play a part in partnership with Netball Australia to grow Super Netball League to grow it financially, to grow that pie, and that if they are to be part, true partners in that, then they should share in that revenue. So it's it's really hard to see that they haven't got a case here. I think Netball Australia will come to the table. They've made some concessions from the profit share model. Obviously, Ampa and Ian Prendergast, as their advisor who is, you know, well-versed in, in these things, is mm. the saying... This is not revenue share. It's revenue share in name only. And, and the model that you've put forward is essentially a profit share. And uh, this is where the tic-tacking will come. But I, I think given the, the the bitterness of the past week, I really think that there will be some, some ground made today. I'm not sure that we'll come to a deal today, but I, I really think that there will be some some ground made today. As Emma, as someone who follows it, as I said off the top, just about closer than anyone, I'm, I'm keen on your assessment of how the governing bodies handled it and particularly Kelly Ryan as the CEO, given this has raged for much of the year and then the news we hear yesterday when I guess the bottom line is far from healthy with, with Nepal that the $17 million of federal funding has now in fact been taken off the table. How would you assess the performance of the controlling body over the course of the last 10 or 11 months with this? Look, I think there are definitely questions that have to be asked. There are questions that need answering. Uh, from from the head here, um, and, and as outlined by AMPA um, yesterday, they made the players made several resolutions, and one of them was essentially a laundry list of, of grievances that they've had with Netball Australia over the past 18 months or so, going right back to the, the Hancock, the bungled, what they see as a bungled Hancock pro prospecting sponsorship deal that they felt that Netball Australia officials handled badly and that, that should have still been on the table. 
um, the sale of the grand final um, in 2022 to the West Australian government where mm. the players weren't consulted. These things have happened under Kelly Ryan's watch. So I think there's enormous scrutiny of her at the moment. And I think the two things that have happened this year that really probably have turned the tide are the naming of the World Cup team that was meant to happen, but Nepal Australia reneged on the date that that would happen until the Diamonds all signed Mm. their own collective bargaining agreement, collective player agreement rather, and also last week's legal letter that, as you know, Kelly Kelly said to Jared yesterday. Look, in hindsight, maybe maybe we didn't do that the right way. I, I really think that given the way some of these things have been handled, and if you listen to Amper, they will tell you that there has been no flexibility from Netball Australia in these talks. That they are the ones that have made concessions. If you look at some of the if you look at some of the things that have been agreed to, though, Nepal Australia have made concessions. They started the year off saying there was no money at all for pay rises. There will now be 11% pay rises over the next three years. So Nepal Australia definitely have made some concessions, but I think the hardline way in which everything has been approached, rather than treating the players as key stakeholders and partners, probably has been the, the wrong way to do things, and it definitely has got the playing group offside. So uh, I think there is lit- lingering bitterness. I think there will be. I know what Kelly said to Jared yesterday, that there wouldn't be. Mm. I think the way forward is going to be quite difficult, and mending those relationships and fences, I'm, I'm not sure whether that can happen. I, I think that's going to be very difficult. Once we get this CPA done, that will be the next step. And whether that can actually happen, I think, um, will be very interesting. The last of the players' resolutions yesterday was to resolve to meet again to see if they do have confidence in the leadership of Netball Australia. So yeah. certainly they have put the leadership of Kelly Ryan on the agenda. And, and watching Joe Weston's press comments yesterday was just heartbreaking, to be honest. Hey, we're nearly out of time Um Emma, but just quickly, and I'm not sure if it is a quick answer, but you mentioned Hancock prospecting. So it was last October that they pulled the four-year, $15 million deal. Who is to blame here? Is this an easy answer? <laughs> it's absolutely not an easy no. answer. <laughs> unfortunately, it can't, it can't really be a quick one. Look, yeah. um, I, I, I'm, Hancock prospecting, when they did this, highlighted the tense relationship between Netball Australia and AMPA. Um, the players highlighted yesterday that they believed that there was a deal mm. that they had been done between Netball Australia and the Players Association not to wear the logo for one of those series. Uh, it's hard to find the exact truth in that. What's obvious, though, is that Hancock looked at this sport. It obviously supports a, a lot of other um, elite sports, Uh, Olympic sports and their athletes and this funding was directed to the Diamonds players specifically and the high performance program and they decided that it wasn't worth going Mm. ahead with a specific deal. Yeah, it was a shame. And anyway, it was replaced by government funding in the end that uh, as of yesterday, not long after Kelly Ryan left, Jared was uh, was revoked, which was a real shame as well. Hey, Emma, I know it's a complex um, story. It's fascinating, though, and it's interesting to, to a lot of us uh, from the outside looking in. Uh, you're very much closer to it than us, so we appreciate your insights this morning. No worries at all. Thanks, Sam.